Hey, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I know because you're listening, you want to grow in different areas of your life. You want God to transform you in some way. My goal every week with this podcast is for you to not only recognize, but also respond to God moving in your life. It's not enough to only recognize it. If we truly want to be transformed, we have to also respond to it in some way, whether that be making a decision to think differently or to act differently or even to speak differently. Your response to what God says and does has the potential to change everything. He doesn't just zap us and presto, we are changed. He asks us to cooperate with him. I'm Julie Holmquist. Welcome to Kairos Moments, episode number seven. Today, I'm going to be sharing one of many Kairos moments in my marriage. What I'm sharing today can actually be applied to any relationship, not just marriage. I'm going to get a little vulnerable as I share this because I know I'm not alone. This Kairos moment changed our marriage for the better. This was early in our marriage. I think my twins were around two or three. They were just toddlers. After pulling an all-nighter with my sick boys, I dragged myself out of bed at 5.30 in the morning to spend a few minutes with my husband before he left for work. It was the usual morning chit-chat as he got ready, asking how he slept and what kind of dreams he had. And then I asked, are we going to finally work on the budget when you get home tonight? Do you hear how I asked that question? I added the word, finally. That would probably put anybody on the defensive. But he said, I don't know, maybe. I kissed him goodbye and went about my day filled with playdates, parks, and naps. Later that evening, while we were cleaning up the dinner dishes off the table, I asked him again, hey, do you want to work on the budget now? Later, he said, after we put the boys to bed. We played with the boys for a little bit, watched a little VeggieTales, and did our usual bedtime routine. We kissed them goodnight, and no sooner did my husband step out of their bedroom that I asked again, do you want to pull out the budgeting stuff? Jules, I had a really hard day at work, and I'm exhausted. Can we do it this weekend? I was disappointed. I went to bed, and I actually cried myself to sleep. We were living paycheck to paycheck at that time, and I had been asking him to work on a budget with me for months. I wasn't asking him to paint my toenails or to watch Anne of Green Gables with me. I was asking him to do something for us so we could live better lives and make better decisions with our limited resources. I was asking myself questions like, didn't he want me to feel secure? Isn't that what a husband is supposed to give his wife? I'm doing that word supposed to in quotes. Isn't that what he's supposed to give me? Security? Instead, I was hurt. I felt stuck and helpless to bring about any change whatsoever. And I felt angry. And I felt justified in my anger. That's when the Lord asked me, which do you value most, Julie, your relationship or being right? I didn't know the two were mutually exclusive. Why couldn't I have both? When God placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, there were two trees there. He told them they could eat the fruit of any tree in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why? He said in Genesis 2, it was because when they ate fruit from that tree, they would certainly die. 
Do you ever wonder when you read that story why eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was forbidden? I mean, it says the knowledge of good and evil. Don't we want to be able to distinguish between the two? Isn't that the point? By eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we became sin conscious. We became aware of sin in ourselves and others. But God never intended for us to live that way. He never intended for us to live sin conscious lives. His longing instead was for us to live deep, intimate, and unhindered in fellowship with him. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with, the whole, with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, to love our neighbor as ourselves. To live sin conscious is the opposite of love. It is constantly weighing people's actions and determining if they're good or bad. A sin conscious life tallies all the good we've done and all the bad we've done at the end of the day. We become acutely aware when people are doing it right or wrong. And as a black and white thinker, this was a difficult concept for me to grasp. There is truly more gray in life and a godly marriage than I cared to admit. I want to say something right now. Please know when I'm talking today, I'm not referring to outright abuse or safety issues within a marriage. I just have to say that. But in my marriage, all I knew was my husband was wrong and I was right. It was as plain and simple as that. Or was it? Early in my marriage, I was often critical, judgmental, and basically a real pain in the butt. Our marriage was filled with strife and contention. Rarely would a day go by that I wasn't upset about something. I'm embarrassed to even admit that right now, but it was a reality for us. We didn't have what I thought a godly marriage should be. Our arguments revolved around small things like him forgetting to take out the trash and big things and everything in between. It didn't matter. My reaction was the same. Indignation and anger, maybe even yelling and a curse word thrown in here and there for good measure. When I was in bed listening to him snore like he hadn't a care in the world, I would make a mental note of everything he did right and everything he did wrong in my eyes. An empty trash can meant that he took out the trash like he said he would. One mark on the good column. He forgot to run to the store like I asked. One mark in the bad column. I didn't get a call from him at all today. Wasn't he thinking about me? Another mark in the bad column. At the end of the day, his balance usually leaned heavily on the bad side, at least in my estimation. Then God told me my issue was not whether or not we lived on a budget or if I was justified in being upset with him for forgetting to take out the trash. That was just a symptom of a deeper problem. My issue was a critical heart. I was eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Instead of taking my heart to God and asking him to bring about the change we needed in communicating about our finances, I was taking matters in my own hands. I would nag him and I would plead with him and I withdrew when he wasn't doing it right. And right, again, is in air quotes because according to whom? I was actually creating, creating more of a mess than helping resolve the issues. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil tallies up all the good things and all the bad things done and not done, said and not said. 
living in the tree of life, we're seeking to be a life-giving spouse in our actions, in our words, in our thoughts. I began to value my relationship with my husband more than being right. Again, I'm not advocating being a doormat and not confronting sin when necessary. I am, however, saying that there is a way in which to do this that values a godly marriage in which two people seek the highest good for each other, not the need to be right. In your marriage, which tree are you living out of? We don't have to live sin-conscious lives. We can leave that to the Holy Spirit. If he chooses to use us in that way, great. That's not our primary responsibility in marriage. After hearing the Kairos moment that I just shared that, that happened in my own marriage, I want to ask you a question. Which tree are you living in? Is the fruit sweet or is it sour? We don't have to live sin-conscious lives. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Do you want to eat sweet, delicious fruit, or do you want to eat sour fruit that makes your mouth pucker and you need to spit it out? We have the power in our words and actions to build our spouses up instead of tearing them down. There are five ways I know of that have helped me to overcome a critical spirit and to stop living in the wrong tree. Number one, always ask yourself, which tree am I eating the fruit from? The tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? When you find yourself mentally making note of what your spouse is doing wrong, you're living in the wrong tree. It might look different each time. God will tell you when to share an offense with your spouse and when to be quiet about it. Ecclesiastes 3 says, There is a time and a season for everything a time to be silent, and a time to speak. Number two, remember that love covers a multitude of sins, like it says in 1 Peter 4, 8. Love always wins, friends. Actually, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love never fails. The rest of the chapter says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. So that means we are not supposed to be keeping score of what our spouse is doing right or wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Number three, extend grace and forgiveness, whether or not they ask for it. Forgiveness is letting someone off the hook, acknowledging that they don't owe us anything. We can only forgive because we know that God first forgave us. Number four, get in the word. It says in James 1, 23 and 24 that the word is like a mirror. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. When we extend grace and forgiveness to our spouse, we are acknowledging that God has forgiven us and that he has extended grace to us. When we're in the word, we don't forget that. That's not something that is is easily lost. Get before God and ask him to examine your heart. Ask him to show you areas where you are not acting in love. Number five, 
If you feel like you need to make mention of a bad habit that is hurting you or is causing a problem in your marriage in some way, then go to them with a spirit of humility. I've done it enough times in a prideful way that it does nothing but cause more problems. Remember, a Kairos moment requires us to respond. My flesh did not want to accept the fact that I played a big part in the disharmony of our marriage. But once I did, and I started to make better choices and living in the tree of life, it made all the difference. I'm not saying our marriage is perfect by any means. Matter of fact, I have to remind myself of this particular moment a lot. What I am saying, however, is that it has brought us closer and there's not so much strife and contention. I'm also finding that I struggle less with the critical heart because I am valuing my husband and our marriage more than I am with being right. And I'm not talking about, you know, what the Bible sets forth as right and wrong. What I'm talking about is the areas or are the areas that God hasn't given specifics about, like taking out the trash or forgetting something or being short with his words in some way. I'm not talking about that. I guess I'm approaching our marriage with the foundation that my husband loves me. Love always expects the best. And so I'm operating from that foundation. And so when he does forget something or he is a little short with his words or whatever the case may be, I'm not doing the tally sheet at the end of the day. The fact is he loves me and I operate out of that fact, which is the tree of life. I'm not keeping score. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil can give you information and it can tell you facts, but it doesn't have the power to transform your life or anyone else's life. Knowing what our spouses are doing right and wrong does nothing to invite the Holy Spirit in to transform us. My husband is a hard worker and he is a good provider, but Satan will use any and every opportunity to bring division in our marriages. So although in my situation, it was the budget 19 years ago or so, Satan will use whatever to bring division in our marriages. So even if this episode is kind of rubbing you the wrong way, I want to encourage you to just sit with it for a bit. Ask God to show you those areas where you need to change where you're camping out. Is it the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or is it the tree of life? As always, thank you so much for subscribing. If you are listening on Apple, would you take a few seconds to write a review and to leave a five-star rating? If you don't feel like it's a five-star show, let me know. I want to make a difference by bringing you my best and most valuable content. Have a great week, friends. We'll see you next Tuesday.